Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for April 6th of 2019. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Wallace from HockeyHats.com. And we have the Eastern Conference Playoff Preview. Literally moments after knowing who is going to play who. So we're we're first out of the gate, I think. <laughs> it depends on how quickly I get it posted, yes. Hypothetically. <laughs> quickest out of the gate. Um, so yeah, we have the Eastern Conference matchups. Uh, we can't really do much with the West today because the Central Division, the division leader currently as we're talking is St. Louis. But Nashville's in the tie game. Winnipeg still has to play, so can't really, you know, we could have done a preview on guesses and totally been talking about series that aren't going to happen. But we are actually going to do that, too, tomorrow. <laughs> we have uh, decided that since we talk about it so much that the top seeds should pick their opponents, uh, after tonight's games, when we record the Western Conference playoff preview tomorrow, we are going to take turns picking the uh, top seeds who they want to play, and then we'll put a vote on Twitter to see uh, who you guys think would win that hypothetical playoff matchup so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh how that goes uh we're going to actually do it one through 16 instead of one through eight each conference uh because this is hypothetical made up and how we want to do it so <laughs> this is how yes, we would the operate only, the league the only issue we have is that uh asterisk that i'm sure all montreal fans know you guys don't count yeah montreal yes, actually yes, is you're 14, in the top 16 but, yeah but for argument's sake, we're just we we intend to just do the uh, the teams that are eligible for the playoffs. So uh, you have that to look forward to next podcast. This podcast, um, we've got uh, pretty pretty good matchups heading into. Uh, well, do we? I say that, but did I think that through? <laughs> yeah, but it's, Boston, it's... Toronto should be uh, pretty pretty decent Tampa versus anybody's a tough sell Carolina Washington should be great that one I, I think it, yeah I think we got two two good ones two okay ones and because oh, the, the hard thing with Tampa is that you expect them to steamroll Columbus right like I do, I expect them to win that in five. Well, here's the thing. It, I, it's spoiler. I I don't know how I I'm gonna get talked out of choosing Tampa for the cup. So you know what I mean. No matter who they're playing, I'm gonna pick them. And yeah, I mean, and I know this sport, the best team rarely wins, but they're just ridiculous. So I'll take my chances with that. Yeah, they're, so, they're just fantastic. No slight to Columbus, but you know. Tough break. <laughs> you make the playoffs. You actually, you know, have done it, risking losing your two UFAs at the end of the year for nothing, and you play Tampa. <laughs> like, ouch. And then um, Pittsburgh, and we'll talk about how Pittsburgh got to this matchup. <laughs> very interestingly, interesting, uh, very interesting third period this evening. They will be playing the New York Islanders, and Pittsburgh, uh, for finishing third in the division. 
for my money, I think they get the most favorable playoff matchup. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue that, but I still, and you weren't saying this either, it's still not a, an easy matchup with what the Islanders have and how they've played for the year. And I know some of their um, numbers have sort of slipped a little towards the last half of the year. You just hope that the higher skilled Penguins take advantage of that and they can actually use that new third line to shut down Matt Barzell. Oh, he's the one player I'm a little scared of, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, they definitely have good parts to the team. They they made the playoffs. Uh, their goaltending has been excellent all year long, whether it's Robin Lehner or Thomas Grice. I imagine Lehner starts, right? I think, yeah, I got that feeling too, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, the Islanders' strength is actually being shown up by Pittsburgh's goalie right now. Not shown up, but uh, since returning from injury December 15th, I know that's an arbitrary starting point, but Matt Murray, there was a significant change from his first 11 games from when he then healed some unknown injury for a month. And since he's been back, he's led the league in 5v5 save percentage, and 5v5 high danger save percentage. So you got a Penguins goalie who was playing really good. And when I look down the roster, you know, there's nothing logical that says the Islanders are better than the Penguins. No, 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 even with the Jack Johnson albatross. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's funny when you look at how loaded Pittsburgh are up front. And you think to yourself, well, they're just, they, they should be able to win this because of that. But it's, it's the reason, one of the reasons this sport is such a coin flip is the, the person that plays in net. Like, Lena and Grice have both got 928, 927 save percentages, all situations for the year. And this year, save percentages are lower than normal. Like, they're in the elite class of this particular season. So, if either one of them get on one of those hot streaks that goaltenders do through their career or through a particular season, you can throw shots at these guys from anywhere and they just hit them and they don't go in. So, uh, There's potential for frustration with, with either team's goaltending. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> when I say most favorable matchup, it doesn't mean New York cannot win the series. It means it's the most favorable matchup, and we are talking about a sport with high variance, and it's probably the one sport where the um, teams get upset the most. And, you know, technically the Islanders are the higher seed, but there's nothing that... There's no evidence of them being the better team. No. I, I Well... There's a bee stick between them with everything that they do. You know, same goal differential. Um, one scored a hell of a lot more goals getting to that same differential than the other. Um, the Islanders are built on on their goaltending and then out, and they spread their offense across a deeper mix of players than Pittsburgh, which is built around their offense and their goaltender bailing them out. Um and I suppose it'll be a, a contrast of styles in this particular series that 
you know, I think for people outside of the two fan bases should find it interesting to watch because they're, they play the game very differently um, and fundamentally they've got pretty much the same result after 82 games. Uh, the one thing I don't get is the Barry Trotz thing. Like, why, why, why is he an advantage over Mike Sullivan? I don't get if he's an advantage over Mike Sullivan or not, but he's but, definitely. But that's like an his... Islanders selling point of why they're good. Well, Trotz beat Sullivan last year. He's dragged this team out of nowhere to second in the division, which is higher than Pittsburgh. What about He'll the prior Sullivan. two years? He'll beat Sullivan again this year. I get it. Like if you're if you're a partisan fan, you're gonna take whatever you can to say you've got an advantage. And, and I, let's be I honest, mean, the same the, boat the as coaching you. thing. This is player driven. It's a player driven well, league. Look, the thing with last year is until they put it was Verona they put up when Wilson went out, right? In the playoffs against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Or was it Burakowski? It was one of the two of them. I can't remember who it was. But he got forced to make that change, and then everything clicked. They looked a much better well, team. Well, Verona was the changed. one not in the lineup, if that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So he came in, and everything shifted. And it was like, he didn't do that by choice. That wasn't a, oh, let's see how this works sort of thing. It was forced upon him by the fact that one of his players got suspended. And the results in this are player-driven. Coaches can help themselves by giving players more or less minutes, all that kind of stuff. But it's the players that do the work. So I also look at Pittsburgh's third line. They're living in the offensive zone. Might not be scoring, but as far as I'm concerned, that's a shutdown line right now because the other teams aren't getting in the Penguin zone. It feels, it feels like that 2009 third line with Stahl, Cook, and Kennedy, where the puck wasn't really in the defensive zone. Um, they didn't seem to finish as much as you would like, but the lineup, the matchups they had, you sit there and go, well, it's living in the correct end of the zone. If you're Pittsburgh, you'll deal with that, and if they score, it's a bonus. So you, you take those kind of things, and, and that's it's funny. Bukestad's similar-ish in regards to the fact that him and Stahl are, are, are big, and they have long skating strides, but they can move. So... Um, it's interesting how that's that's come out, and Hornquist is showing some 5v5 value without having to actually produce, which is not something I thought would happen this year. Yeah, that line's just been good, and Dominic Simone has some of the best, like, possession-related numbers. Um, hasn't, just can't finish. Yeah, has, hasn't matched it offensively, but if you can get a line out there that's going to territorially dominate like they have the last month that that's a huge plus um Sidney Crosby's out of his slump it gee it seemed to coincide with Chris Letang coming back that's wild <laughs> is there a positive correlation there I'm not sure so but and then you got to get the second line going and here's where Pittsburgh can beat themselves and yes we're going there um <laughs> That Johnson-Schultz pairing is very bad. Every night yeah. they're bad. Every night. I legitimately think that um, the coaching staff look at it as Schultz has come back from a major injury. He's the lag. He's the reason it's going badly. And if we keep him with Johnson, Schultz will turn around and the pairing will turn around because it's not I, driven by Johnson. It's the only thing I can think of. 
I'm not convinced Schultz is playing all that great on He's not. No, he's, he's not. He's but not playing at great. at the same time, like, it's really tough to separate the guy that's dragging everybody down. Yeah. Although, did you see the third goal that got scored in tonight's game? Did you see Latang's reaction to Good Branson? No. <laughs> he pointed, as the player was coming down the ice, he pointed to the player and basically told Good Branson to go to him. Instead of going to him, Good Branson kept backing up. And so Latang had to go across and. Um, oh, on the three on two. Yeah, and they were both out of position. And Latang threw the puck out of the net, looked at Good Branson, said something, and Good Branson just went, like, put his hands up in the air to say, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, and it was, it was quite clear Latang was like, do your fucking job. It was just, it was very. Funny. I'd have to look I'll... at it again. It, it, they were in a bad spot saw... regardless, three on two. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just, it was just funny seeing the frustration on Latang's face like he's one of those guys that can do so many more things and so many more defenders in the league think about how much more he can do than good Branson like the levels of ability uh are miles apart it just looked funny seeing it because it's like there you go it's what Pedersen has to deal with dude well I'll say this about good Branson he had the three game shit streak and uh the last two have been Pretty good again. So. He'd, have, he'd have been all right tonight, I reckon, as well, watching it live without looking at the numbers. He he looked like he was um, uh, certainly helping that third line. Halfway through, um, he was at 70%, and I didn't check after that, but it would have taken quite a quite a run of poor play to drop it, and the Penguins kind of, at worst, were splitting chances. So Yeah. Yeah, no, it was um, yeah, it was an inter- interesting way for the Penguins to end the season. Um, yeah, but, so you know, <laughs> for those that didn't watch, they were down a goal with like four minutes left, giving up a shorthanded goal, which is very on brand for them this year. But they were looking the at they were looking at games. the Capitals in the face. Yeah, they were. That said, though, that shorthanded goal problem really has dried up in the last 20 games. They had, like, 14 real early in the year, and it looked like they were going to hit 20. And they haven't given up a shorty in a long time, unless I've got that, unless I'm mistaken. But they, they tidied that up really well. Now, whether it's just Matt Murray making a stack load of high-danger saves, I'm not sure, but they tidied that up. It's kind of what it's always been, though. Yeah. they're not. The Penguins' power play wasn't giving up more shorthanded chances this year. They're just going in. Yeah, that's you're not really going to argue that. And okay, there you go. So Murray's had a ridiculously good twenty goal, uh, twenty game streak while he's been playing, and had stopped a lot of tonight. He just didn't. <laughs> well, I'll say this about the goaltending for the Islanders, as you've already mentioned, they they've split it pretty good, and the Penguins have been running Matt Murray into the ground to end the year, and we've said before, you've said before that the years that Fleury hasn't played as much were his best playoff years, uh, the 08 Penguins and last year's Vegas. And I was looking at um, some Murray numbers today. I think he's played, I don't know what it was, 38 out of 50 or something like that. He's on pace for 62 games. Yeah. I remember you writing it. He's on pace for 62 if he played this out for the whole season. Yeah. And with 20 out of 21 coming at the very end. 
you know, that's that's a lot of work. It's it's funny. There was actually something on the line for Pittsburgh in this game. Like they would definitely, they're not going to admit it, but they would definitely want to play the Islanders rather than Washington in the first round. Like you're not. That's why you got to make them pick their opponents. You got to admit it. (laughs) No hiding. Exactly. (laughs) No, Um, you're right. I mean, who the hell would say otherwise? That's absurd. Yeah. So so they they there was no way you were going to play DeSmith. He just he hasn't played in a month. Well, no, you beat Detroit the other night, so tonight don't mean shit. Yeah, well, they didn't have that option, did they? So, well, they yeah. they originally did, but no, you're right, not, not tonight. Yeah. You get into tonight's game, and and you know it wouldn't be stupid to give Murray the night off, and um, yeah, they, they couldn't, and now you just got to hope that the wait between now and the um the actual game starting um is big enough for him to to feel refreshed. You know, player's going to tell you I'm not ready. No player's going to tell you I'm tired. So, I think I would pick Pittsburgh over the Islanders. I think they need to win it in six. If they play in seven, I don't think they win. I know that's... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, as far as um, what I would pick for this series, I would, I would pick Pittsburgh. I'm doing it because I'm a partisan Pittsburgh fan, but I don't have any confidence in it. I, I really don't. I can the just Islanders see... The Islanders haven't... Their shooting percentage isn't where it was at the beginning of the year, which is what drove a lot of the success when combined with the great goaltending, which hasn't dried up. Uh, Islanders have not been playing well the last month all that much. So, you know... Find me another team, another like if you were going through the Eastern Conference, who who's the team that you would be like, okay, I guess I would play them over the others. No, this is the one. This is this is absolutely the right one. I just don't have the confidence that the holes that are in Pittsburgh don't get exposed. That's all, and just get exposed to the point where it becomes costly. That that that's the only way I'm sort of looking at it because. The peaks of Pittsburgh are unreal. The holes that they've got are a little larger than they've had over the last couple of years, and um, the Islanders have the types of players that Pittsburgh can struggle with at times, which is small, shifty, skilled guys. Um, it, I think it'll just—it's just too bad that um, I think Latang Mata has done fine, pretty well. Yeah, like yep. functional, or yep. even even more than that, this. and. Um, you put Dumoulin with Schultz and Pedersen with Gabranson, and that's pretty good. But they're not going to do it, so that's no. what handicaps this matchup. And that's that's kind of where I get a little worried, in that by the time you get torched enough, it's too late. Here's what's going to happen. Jack Johnson is going to score some bullshit Brooks or pick overtime goal, and everybody's going to forget about what a shitty player he is. Yep, absolutely. And I, I think the fans Book will it. take that. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I'm rooting for the team to lose. It's just that's how this fucking sport works. 82 yeah, games know. are rubbish, and one bounce goes in. Oh, see? That's why you should play. <laughs> um, All right, so we're both picking Pittsburgh. It's just that you're a little more confident than me. Um, 
And quickly, because uh, we are going to move to the other matchups, Jake Ensel gets his 40th. Sidney Crosby gets his 100 points, um, both on the same play. Uh, good for both of them. Uh, Sidney Crosby, sixth 100-point year, should be nine, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, he got blown out, yeah. His age, 23 through 25 seasons, were wrecked by David Steckel's cheap shot and the NHL going on a lockout. I think he would have had three 100-point years, given that that was... There was no evidence to suggest otherwise. Those were his best points per game, his best point rates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> imagine how many numbers, how many goals Ovi would have running through the exact same period, like with that shortened season. He didn't get to well, with the shortened the season, even though he did, he did catch fire that year and finish that shortened year with 32, I think. Um, yeah. Sid, Sid lost a lot of hardware. But I'm glad he hit 100. I know it's kind of a, you know, what does 100 really mean? Is it just a nice round number? But I know that it matters to him, I bet. So he deserves it. Should be nine. It's a sixth. Still impressive. Um, It's impressive he got to 82 games as well, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, he and uh, Jack Johnson and Phil. And Marcus Pedersen had 84. Marcus Pedersen, 84 games in the regular and season. He's not, and he's not Might be play scratched game for game one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so good. Not, re- uh, not good, but yeah. All right. All right you, let's you, move, you let's move on before we... Fuck it. We'll do Washington. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> um, so Washington has... Carolina. Wow, I gotta think about this one. If you're if you're the number one seed in either division, I think they're the team I would not want to play the most. Like Washington might have played Pittsburgh, but I think Washington feel pretty good about playing Pittsburgh because that little stupid monkey's off their back. If you know what I mean, I reckon they'd feel pretty good yeah, about yeah. And there's um, the crack. It, it's been a thing for a while. Those players are so used to the tendencies of the opponent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're well prepared. Good luck but getting that with Carolina. Carolina has <laughs> um, been the best possession team all year long, best expected goals team all year long, and the shooting percentage thing finally picked up. They've gotten at least average goaltending. It's... um. If the goaltending were to hold, Carolina is a vicious um, upset special. Um, yeah. Since Nino Niederreiter came on board, there's there's that little extra finishing ability that they've been lacking. Their defense is really good. Jordan Stahl coming back is huge for them. They only need average goaltending, and which, like you said, that's sort of what they've got towards the later half, of, the later half of the year. And you know, nine fourteen and nine twelve all situations for Mrazek and McElhaney, that's probably good enough with what they've got in front. To be honest, I think it's it's going to be tough for me to to go with McElhaney over Holtby. 
just the firepower I, that the Capitals have. Yeah, I just don't. Just with the way with the way Carolina play, they sort of swarm, and and so this isn't a crack on Holby. This is a crack on any goal. You can't stop what you can't see, right? So if they can get the Washington Capitals moving sideways and get their cross-seam passes and get their passes from behind the net that they seem to do quite well, I can see them just being difficult. I, I would still pick Washington, but this is the one matchup I don't think anybody that's the higher seed really wants to play. If I were to pick an upset in the East in round one, it, it would be Carolina over Washington just because... Um, well, yeah, I think I would still go this route. I mean, so Toronto's gonna... pretty good, but... Yeah, they... That's a Babcock issue. Um, Yeah, the Carolina thing's great. I'm just glad they got in and they didn't do a Florida Panthers and panic and shift gears. They stuck with it and they got rewarded with how they wanted to go about playing hockey and what they think was going to succeed, and it has. It's got them there. Um, You know, they always say it's a new season when you, you hit the playoffs, so it's a massive reset for all the players. We'll see how everyone handles the pressure. Yeah, there is still a lot to like about the defending champs, though. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I um, I thought I saw on the the scroll the other day that Kempney is out for the year. Yeah, it tore a hamstring. Yeah. I think he tore it off the bone. That's brutal. Um, yeah. He was, you know, not a game changer for them, but... As far as depth goes, um, he's better than whoever's replacing him. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where all of most of these elite teams are winning at the edges. You know, the difference between Washington and Tampa are going to be the edges when you get to that Eastern or well, the Eastern Conference Final that you know theoretically we're all sort of probably expecting. That's where it's going to happen. It's going to be at the edges. It's not going to be that Ovechkin doesn't perform or Kucherov doesn't perform um, or I think either of those two goalies are going to underperform. It's going to be the guys around the edges that have enough skill to do something you're not expecting. And and Kempney is one of those sort of guys that has the skill to be able to do that. Now, what I, I, I did like is um, Washington's pickup from Detroit. I don't know why his name's eluding me right now. Is it Jensen? Right. The bottom pairing uh, right defenseman. It was a really good move at the trade deadline. I literally can't think of who it was. Gosh, Should how I? terrible is that? I know Jeez, it's bad because I, I wrote articles about him. Yeah, Jensen, Nick Jensen. There I am. You're you're over it with a J. Um, yeah, having like somebody like that in in the organization. So when Kempney goes out, like they still have like another player like of that caliber that they did at the trade deadline for a low cost. Um, it's just smart. Yeah, and. Um, their power play is insanely good. It's one of my favorite run power plays, period, ever. They have an unfair really. advantage, 
But yes, you might as well utilize that advantage as good as you could. <laughs> yeah, but they are so good at not forcing that advantage. It's great. Their discipline with finding their two-on-ones, as I've said before, is amazing. If, if teams cheat to Ovi, they don't use them, and they just go four-on-three. And they got Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Oshie, and Carlson. And Carlson's not afraid to, to let the bombs rip. And Oshie's a great net front dude. His hands are awesome. I, I have to admit, I aesthetically looking, I prefer to watch a player like Oshie in that position than someone like Hornquist. I just find it more fun to watch. Both as effective as each other. Um, and Oshie can, can do that bumper pass from the front of the net quite well to create the a different shooting angle after the goal he's already dropped to his oh, knees. So. Their power play is horrifying, and that's a, oh, a true advantage. Holtby's a great goalie. Yeah, they're, they're loaded. Like, it's, it is it is why you sit there and go, who would you prefer to play, Washington or the Islanders? Certainly not Washington. Like, as it's not a, even a um, question. No, that's exactly right. I mean... That Metro Division's... It's funny, I was about to say, the Metro Division's brutal, but the Atlantic Division, the top half of the Atlantic Division is brutal as well. Like, that's not a friendly uh, division to be in, uh, trying to get out of that first round. No. Um, who, who are you going to pick for that series? I'll, I'll pick Washington. But it's one of those things where it's I expect the games to be close and I expect them to be fun to watch. It wouldn't surprise me if it goes to seven. Um, just because, just because, stupid league, coin flip league. You know, if it was a, if it was more like um, basketball where the the um, the better teams are better, then it'd be Washington in five. Like. I am, yeah, I, I'm. It's the McElhaney thing. Mm-hmm. I just think Washington, it, even if Carolina does hold a lot of the five v five flow, that power play, like how are you staving that off? You know what I mean? Yeah, just quickly. Is it going to be McElhaney or Mrazic? Like, is Mrazic injured, as he often is? Like, who's going to be their guy? Because they've split it a lot of the year as well. Do you do you have any feeling for that? Because I don't follow Carolina anywhere near close enough to... I don't know, but my feeling would stay the same. Yeah, I, will, yeah, I suppose. It's an either-or with either of the goalies, really, isn't it? Um, Off-topic, I have the Hockey Night in Canada in the background... Leon Dreisaitl, 50 goals, just scored his 50th. It is amazing that they've got those two players and they are so far out of a playoff spot. They suck. Chris Russell just had an open slap shot at the point. I don't know how it got blocked because nobody was there. (laughs) (laughs) But it did. (laughs) Oh, good God. There are some whipping boys that just make things too easy, aren't they? It's funny. Um... Which uh, which series would you like to tackle next? 
I'll do the. So right yeah, now we um, have uh, Washington Pittsburgh second round. Hey, something new. And this is another reason why it would be great to do the one to sixteen. You just get some different fucking matchups. You know, I love the Washington Pittsburgh matchup, but yeah, it's not fair to them. I ignore the ignore the fair. I I would think it would be great to have different teams match up against each other. I know they try to say that the rivalry it generates a rivalry or not, which it does. We've I just don't discuss this though. Getting yeah. called out creates a rivalry. Yeah. So anyway, Tampa Columbus. I think Tampa will ride roughshod over them everywhere, but Bobrovsky will probably win a couple of games for Columbus, and then he will not be there again. Wouldn't it be crazy if Bobrovsky like found his playoff game against this Tampa team <laughs> and not any well, of those he... Pittsburgh teams? Well, he's out of the um, he's out of the Atlantic because he oh, sorry he's out of the Metro. Couldn't get past Washington. Couldn't get past Pittsburgh. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it against Tampa in the Atlantic. We'll do it against, like, maybe the best, like, powerhouse team in, ever. Yeah. Well, best team in the Cap era by a mile. Like, you know, people have said this is as good as the 96-97 team. I think statistically they are. But I'd suggest that they're. it's a lot harder to construct this team than it was back in the open Cap era. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tampa, what's... I mean, what's not to like? Even the goalie, yep. like, like even if they don't play well, the goalie's fucking good too. Yeah, that's it, it that's does. a damning part of this. Mm. Vasilevsky, let's say, like, I don't know, an evenly matched, more so. They're sorry, like Vasilevsky can steal games, as you said. Even yeah. if the team's not that great, like he's a goalie capable of pulling an upset, but he happens to be on the heavy favorite. Well, that that's the bonus that Columbus has often had uh, against some of the teams. As good as Braden Holtby is, I think that uh, Bobrovsky is a better goalie and has a a higher frequency of stealing games until he gets to the playoffs. And that's probably the thing with Holtby is that you get the same Braden Holtby every game, which is at a ridiculously high level. But I haven't seen many 45-plus save games out of Holtby because he's never had to do it. And that'll be the thing with Vasilevsky. If they do get torched in a couple of these games, shot volume-wise, he has the ability to be able to bail them out. And that's an advantage that's normally gone Columbus's way every series – they don't have that this time around. Yeah. And Columbus, well, I mean, Columbus isn't a bad team. I mean, this is just no. horrendous. <laughs> yep. Freaking horrendous first-round matchup. Yeah, this is, this is just them. I suppose it's them copying the problem of, of not clicking when everything changed at the deadline. You know, they, they fell they fell out of the playoffs after the deadline. Everyone thought, oh, holy crap, they're not going to make the playoffs after making all these changes, and they're all going to walk, and they get no return for it in this immediate season. Um, at least this time around, they made it, and I'm glad they did. 
they win a couple of games, maybe some other general managers might be as ballsy as Kekalainen was. I think that's the underlying story of why I didn't want Columbus to miss out, even though yep. I'm, I don't really care about Columbus all that much one way or the other. Is Tortorella helps with that theory, that feeling, I should say. Yeah, he be interesting to see someone different there. But, um, yeah, Kekalainen, you know, (laughs) the severity of the situation wasn't lost on him, and he was like, you know what? You know what else sucks? Not going in for it right now when if I trade off things, the, the prices, what they were, probably weren't appealing. Yeah. And where, where are you going from there anyway? Because so. you've got Panarin, Duchesne, Bobrovsky, all UFAs, haven't committed to whether or not they're going to stay. Ryan Dezingle was a part of that trade, as, uh, a part of the Duchesne trade as well. I could see Dezingle very... staying just because True. Ohio State. But um, it could be a very different lineup. Panarin's not. Come. Bob's not. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, and Duchesne, if I was Duchesne, I'd look elsewhere. Um, that said, though, you've got Strawman, Coburg, Girardi for um, Tampa that are going to go. And with some of the signings they've had to make, you know, moving forward and have paid these guys rightfully so. They're going to get tight. Somebody needs to, like, offer sheet somebody somewhere <laughs> um, and, and see if they can fuck them over. But I don't know if they can. But I'm getting into preseason outside of the playoff call. Yeah, I reckon Tampa in five, unless Bobrovsky steals one. Yeah, John Cooper, um, I think, was it before the podcast? You, you had said coach of the year? Got to be. I mean, this bullshit of, of giving coach of the year to a coach that grabs a team that no one expected to be any good and making them good would stand if this particular team hadn't gone breaking records and had 128 points. Well, the other part of that is why does every Jack Adams trophy winner got a yeah, top three save percentage team? Yeah, it's the, um, you know, it's the um, Jeff Merritt quote. Show me a good goaltender and I'll show you a good coach. And he got that from somebody else, but that's the guy who I remember saying it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I said it earlier. I'm not picking against Tampa, so (laughs) I'm picking Tampa. They're prohibitive favorites. Yeah, that's the rumor. (laughs) Sorry, Columbus. The next series, though, does this series, if it goes the way I think it will, cost Babcock his job? Yeah, that would be the one positive if Toronto lost. Um, I really like watching um, Toronto's forwards. Um, I'm partial to them. They can win the series, certainly. Uh, Although Freddie Anderson... Hasn't been great to close the year off after being terrific the entire season. And tonight, I think he got ran into by Shaw and was a little slow to get up. Uh, They, in fact, lost 6-5 in a shootout to Montreal. Yeah, that goes well. 
It's like, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I just think Boston will win it. I, I think Boston, uh, they're Pittsburgh to Washington at the moment. And I just don't see them being able to get over it. And Freddie's not been as, as great as, as he was at one point of the year. And um, I don't think they've worked out how to... I mean, getting it's Gardner that's come back from injury, isn't it? Not Morgan Riley. Gardner's back. Riley's been there. Yeah, yeah. So having Gardner back is important to them. Quite clearly, he is more important to them than a lot of fans like to admit. Um, I suppose they they need him back at full strength and playing well, and Freddie Anderson healthy and and playing well, and that gives them a really good shot because their offense is amazing. But the best players have to face Patrice Bergeron's line, and that's terrifying for anyone. Travis Dermott coming back is big for them, too. Yeah, are they going to be able to move Zaitsev? <laughs> like, that's an that obvious off-season is, thing, but yeah. Yeah, and this this is where it comes down to Babcock. Yeah, but guess, and guess it, who likes him? Yeah, this is my point. It comes down to... You might have the tools in your shed, but you've got to pull them out of the kit and use them. And there are just certain things that Babcock goes, I'm I'm Babcock, I'm going to do it this way. If you don't give me the tools, I'm going to keep putting a square peg in a round hole until you give me a, until you give me a round peg. And the bullishness and stubbornness of that, um, I kind of hope if they lose this year, cost him his job because he wasn't Dubas' hire. So, you know, everybody else is allowed to fire a coach when it's not their hire. Not like Toronto's not short of cash. Just get rid of him and put Bruce Boudreaux behind the bench. I think Bruce is done. I think I saw a quote I, from him. I wish I could he just coach said, Ryan Donato longer or some shit. Yeah, he's out. <laughs> Bruce. I wouldn't mind him seeing him in Buffalo selfishly, but they're not in the spot to... Yeah, no, they're no, not no, close no. enough. This this Boston team is sneaky good, as far as I'm concerned, media coverage wise. Yeah, sneaky from through... a, like a general media. They finished yeah. second. Yeah, by a lot. I mean, a long way, but that's due to Tampa. But they've been good, and they've been short of players. So Cassidy has worked out what he wants to do with his roster. I talk shit about to... that that hire. <laughs> He's been good. Yeah, he has. Yeah, and I look, we both. We both did, but he's he's got them humming along. And I mean, I, for some unknown reason, Boston fans seem to not trust uh, Mr. Rask. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't get. It, every goalie gives up bad goals. I don't think Tuka gives up as many bad goals as they seem to think he does. And it's all comparative. You know, if he's given up bad goals, so be it. But if he's given up less of them than the guy playing at the other end, particularly in a playoff run, that's all you need. It's tough to argue with Boston's results this year. They and then they add Coyle. They. Um, oh, I like Charlie Coyle. I do like Charlie Coyle. Marcus Johansson. Although is he hurt? I feel like he's always. I thought hurt. he got a concussion again. Did he? Damn. I thought he got hit and then. Yeah, but the little ball of wankerish uh, got 100 points in 79 games. You can't complain with that if you're a Boston fan from Bad Marchant. If you just stop the dicky shit, I could probably kind of is. Well, 
Let's see. I'll I give mean, this playoff run a chance. Sexual assault aside from licking. <laughs> you have to say that more and more often with sports players nowadays. It's so sad. And I shouldn't I mean, laugh at it. It's not it's not a laughing topic, like it's not. But it's it is becoming more prevalent, which is great that people are coming out and saying it. But I'm not gonna God. lie, um when when that came out, like when he he was what was that, last year? Yeah. Um, I was in a hockey tournament here in the spring and we were playing against, I was playing against a good friend that, um, he was on the other team and at the face off, I licked him. Oh, that's it. We're done. No more podcast. You're out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm working with a licker. Yeah. Oh God. Um, just I- quickly. I told him if you lined up against me, what was going to happen. <laughs> I can't believe you. Because we were, we were watching a Bruins game together. He's like, what the fuck's the deal with that? Oh, I said, I don't right. know. <laughs> but this is what it's like. It's different, though. There was a conversation beforehand. <laughs> All right, so you gave him warning. We had a good thing. Uh, good God. Um, Pasternak getting 81 and 60. This, Pasternak's this team, awesome. Yeah, I know. This team can roll. Like, it's... In the East, I would be more confident of, of Boston beating Tampa in the second round than I am of Washington beating Tampa in the Eastern Conference. That's how highly I rate this Boston team. They just happen to be forced to play Tampa, what I would consider a round early. Yeah, I think the winner of round two... Atlantic is in great shape. Yeah, and I, it's funny, you know, it's it's a five three split divisionally this year, and people say, well, that shows that the Metro is stronger. But I think two of the most dominant teams in the league are in the Atlantic, which means those other teams in the Atlantic that have to play those two teams more often are quite clearly going to lose more games. Now for Montreal. Sorry. The, the last no, no, was... 25 games, Boston's second overall in score-adjusted shot attempts. Yeah. At 55%. Yeah. So, as, as terrifying as Tampa are, I'm a little bit petrified of, of Boston if, if they did do the upset in the second round, because I'm quite clearly deciding that Boston are going to beat Toronto. Um. I would not be surprised, and I would be terrified if I was a Metro team having to play either of those two. You want to pray that Toronto beat Boston and Columbus beat Tampa and then Columbus somehow beat Toronto, and yeah, anyone that comes out of that Metro side will be going, yep, we know this team, we can do this. Because I wouldn't want to play either a Tampa or Boston. Yeah, there's that whole thing, Columbus beating Tampa, though. What was that? There's a, that whole problem with Columbus beating Tampa, though. Look, just just live in the dream world for a second, because it's not going to happen. <laughs> Toronto is no slouch, though. They're eighth overall in the league the last 25 games. That's a tough first. It's probably the toughest of the first round matchups. Yeah, no, it just it sucks. The the this whole playoff setup is perfect for us. Tomorrow. Yeah, I can't wait yeah. to pick the teams the way yeah. we want to pick them as opposed to this. Um, 
Yeah, I guess I guess I gotta go Boston, even though I would kind of rather see Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and John Tavares. I just don't usually get into Boston games all that much. No, I I, I don't either. Um, I have an irrational dislike for them, so I, I barely look look them out as a team to watch when I get the time. Okay. Well, we have um, Pittsburgh, Washington, and Boston, Tampa. Right? No upsets. That's that's what we're going with. Well, I would consider the Pittsburgh Islanders one an upset because it's the bottom seed picking off the the, the, the higher seed. Yeah, and uh, the Islanders sitting at twenty fifth overall at forty seven point oh six shot attempt percentage, score adjusted the last twenty five games. Yep, they I are want, so want, good. I want you to show me a mainstream media outlet that's going to actually have the games on it that is going to mention that at all through this playoff run. So, to G-Pop, the Islanders are the favorite. I'm sorry. I don't even... Yeah, but the the dopey media is not going to pick the Islanders... Are they going to say Pittsburgh's playoff experience is going to take yeah, everything? Yeah, like they're they're oh, they're probably not wrong. It's funny that numbers the... and like old school intangible stuff. Neither of them are going to favor the Islanders. Yet their fans will be so so mad. I don't blame them. I I get it. You should be like that if you're a. Particularly the Islands fans, because everybody has shit on that franchise for so many years. And I hate their fucking de- franchise. I hope deservedly so. It is um, such a meaningless franchise in the league now. That four cup thing is fucking ages ago. Dinosaurs extinct, meteors. <laughs> it's fucking ancient history. I still can't get over the overtime game seven loss. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a bad loss. But, like, okay. That that was probably the last, like, cool thing they did. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it's if they win this series, that's the next one. And that's the thing that shits me about it being the Islanders. It's like, you know, Washington got the monkey off their back. If the Islanders are going to actually win a playoff series, why not do it against the... A team that, you know, everybody except Islanders fans thinks better than them in the playoffs. You know? Yeah. I, I don't care about them. So we've just lost a lot the three Islanders fans that listen to the podcast. I like Matt Barzell. Hard not to. I like former Islander great Robbie Shrimp. Great. <laughs> uh, I like former Islander great um, Darius Casparitis. Darius actually used to, um, be, used to be the hockey used to be the hockey heads logo. I had a Casparitis jersey come to my doorstep of about a month and a half ago. You're a mean, mean man. <laughs> I used to love watching him. <laughs> he was brutal. He Absolutely. wasn't like Scott Stevens bad, though. 
Yeah, but he'd destroy knees. I know he wouldn't destroy brains, but he would destroy knees. I don't think he destroyed a lot of... Like, Eric, the Eric Lindros hit, yeah, but was that really that bad? Well, for the time, no, but if you looked at it now, yes. But that's well, the thing. You look at I don't relative, know. No. Go back and look at that one. I don't think it's as horrible egregious as i'm remembering yeah okay he did some hippers though <laughs> can't deny that yeah that's it's the risk you run with if laying that check out if you i mean you've got to get low to take the body but if you get too low and deliberately then i think you know a lot of players that like to throw that do you're blowing out somebody's knee and you're an asshole <laughs> i don't i don't see that hit too often anymore no, which is good, which is which is a good thing. Thankfully, All well, right. Nashville Nashville won, so they're at the moment they're in the clubhouse in front. Okay, and um, Winnipeg was down one nothing because I literally watched the goal Arizona scored on them to start the game. So, well, it's it's one one now, so. St. Louis, after going from nowhere to somewhere, might be third and playing Winnipeg at home. <laughs> the poor bastards. Well, we'll both sleep on it, and we'll know what the matchups are, and we'll um, we'll, we'll be able to tackle what... those Western Conference ones tomorrow. And more importantly, yes, the one through sixteen pick your opponent draft. Um, looking forward to that. So, um, anything else around the league? Maybe even non-playoff related. Uh, off the top of my head, not not really. Um, I, I I think Kucherov will get MVP. I think he should. He's been amazing. Um, and we'll do a proper awards one later on. But apart from that, I mean, I know Bob Cole's retiring and a lot of people are sad and making out that he was one of the best, but I think his last five or six years have been They're still pretty... All right, here's what I'm going to say about that. Yep. How many announcers what they say is even worth a damn? Oh, I think John, John Forsland. I Well, think... okay. I'm saying the number's greater than zero, but, like, yes, how, you're going... is it a yeah, majority? No, no. no, far from it. This is so, Bob Cole is like listening to music you like. You put it on in the background. He lets the game breathe. I know he lost his fastball. That's not debatable. But I would rather listen to his voice and him trying to do the job he's always done than a younger person that follows the play better that I just their voice sucks or they they just suck. Well, I think the important thing that you, you said there is right. He does let the game breathe and the younger guys don't. It's like Vince Scully. Over. Yeah, I saw a clip of him the other day. I loved it. I loved Ben. I know. I know you're a big fan. Um, and, and some of his stories were absurd. And I think even some of them got on John Oliver's show last that's week. That's where I saw it. That's where I saw it. Yes, that stuff. And I get there and I kind of understand why you're a big fan. He doesn't broadcast by himself. I suppose you've got to talk about garbage on the field if that's the case. <laughs> but I am not going to have anything bad said about Mr. Cole on this podcast. Um, he he was awesome. Like so many, 
So oh, many there are some, just yeah, hockey night amazing, Yep, amazing, iconic hockey calls of goals and plays and games in itself. I just feel like he's, for me, uh, getting to watch a lot more hockey as I've gotten older because it's been much more easily accessible. I just feel that um, he just lost his way a little bit. Like, I yeah, think he, 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 he three, did. He, did. he just went on a little bit longer than... And he has every right to stay for as long as he wants. I have no problem with that. I just think that if you're looking at legacies and stuff like that, he probably should have bailed a, a few years earlier. But um, the overall package has it been amazing. It never bothered me. As... It, did, it, I, it did bother me. I know what I'm watching. Yeah, so do I. But it's like I Rick Jenneret I... for Buffalo. He, he doesn't have his fastball quite anymore. I don't want him to stop. Yeah, maybe I'm just pissed that the guy I think should be calling the Penguins games only does the home radios now. Maybe that's where my bitterness is coming from. Yeah, and... Because uh, he's lost his fastball as well. He's not quite what he was. And that's fair enough. Everybody's going to get old and it's all going to all going to not quite be as good. And and the three names that we've mentioned in amongst all of this, they're all guys that, like you said, I think that's the best point about calling a game. You let the game breathe. You, you only really need to sort of say the, the highlighty sort of stuff. But now that you've got a special... You know, you've got an expert commentator with you who always has to say something. You don't get that chance to let it breathe. I, I think it's the way they deliver the product now. I mean, the, the Lemieux goal, for the North Stars, what a move. Oh, baby. Yeah. Just very yeah, simplistic. Yeah. Let's the Pittsburgh crowd take it from there. I just, why is that so hard, being a minimalist? Nothing's minimalistic anymore. It's, yeah, it's doc, the way... Fucking yapping over the top. It's the way entertainment's delivered now. If it's not loud and it's not in your face, you're not there. And and the games are like that. The way the games are delivered are like that, you know? You don't get to hear the feel of the crowd at the games anymore. It's it's music in between every whistle. Like There's, no, there's nothing quiet about it or anything. And I think that comes across in the broadcast. My main man, Gary Thorne, also good at it. Yes, that was who I was trying to come up with before, and I couldn't remember. As far as U.S. broadcast, Gary Thorne's my favorite Canadian, Bob Cole. That would be my my two favorites, personally. I like Chris Cuthbert, to be honest. I always have. Even Even when Cole was rolling out his good stuff, I was a Chris Cuthbert fan. And you pair him with... Uh, Ray Ferrara, and I think you've got a brilliant combination. Gord's good there. too. Yeah, Gord Miller. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah. Well, that was a sideways step I didn't think we'd take. Yeah, Bob deserves it. 50, 50 years, great career. Yeah, Ended on the 6-5 shootout tonight with a Canadians rookie getting a hat trick and scoring a shootout goal. Polar, yeah, you, maybe or you, well, I don't Polis, think it's brother. polar. What? I, I'm, I watched Parks and Rec today. It's, <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, great career. It's it's a shame that he's wrapping up, but it was time, um, and he deserves to get all the plaudits that he does, even if I wasn't a massive, massive fan of it. Yeah. All right. Hey, look, if you're allowed if you're allowed to lick someone, I'm allowed to not like Bob Cole, all right? 
Yeah, I suppose I suppose that's as fair as anything that's ever been said. <laughs> Mind oh, you, that was, that was the first and last time I was going to do that. It was only done because it was topical. And it was with... <laughs> <laughs> I knew the other person quite well. I would hope so. All right, let's wrap this up before it gets any more any more uh, any more below the equator. Yeah, because um, we've got tomorrow to do as well, so um, we'll get cracking on that one at six thirty a.m. my time, and we'll we'll see what we get with our uh, selections. Looking forward to the one through sixteen draft, and uh, looking forward to actually seeing what the Western Conference matchups are going to be. So um, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.